Morning all, it is Tuesday, February 7, the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio and a very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. Well, Latrell Mitchell and Jack White and cleared to play pending the outcome of their court hearings. John Bateman still not here after signing that deal with the Tigers. So uh, question marks about when we'll see him for the first time this season. Big, big story overnight in the English Premier League. Manchester City has been charged by the Premier League with more than 100 breaches of its financial rules after a four-year investigation. And, uh, well, worst-case scenario, and this will drag on as it now heads to an independent commission, but uh, worst case is that they could be expelled from the Premier League or certainly dock points and facing massive fines. That's a huge story over in the UK. Uh, We've got great nominations for the races on Saturday. There's 10 Group 1 winners among the 15 nom for the Apollo Stakes at Randwick. Enemo in the all-in market, the favourite, the odds-on favourite there. And we're, we're barely 48 hours away from the first test in India and so much discussion about the makeup of the Australian side. Ian Chappell weighing in, never short of a, a strong opinion. Uh, the Australian great, but uh, a lot to talk about on a Tuesday morning. Loza, how are you? Good, thanks, Mino. Uh you mentioned the Apollo Stakes this weekend. Jeez, I'd like to see them all line up. Uh, I know they're nominated in other races. Uh, they're all stakes down there in, in Melbourne. But if all these horses run on Saturday at Randwick, we're in for a fantastic race. I mean, Enemo, you've got him there as the favourite, but you've got Fangirl, Mwanga, uh, Ice Bark, uh, Law of Indices, Hinged, some really, really strong horses in this field, 15 entries and... Um, you just know that the racing is starting to heat up. All the best horses are back in work. Should be a good autumn carnival. It's going to be a cracker, Loz. Uh, yeah, NMO, as I mentioned, seventy. you got Fangirl. I think Fangirl's nom for the oar as well. Mawanga, um, both at $7. El Bodegon, uh, Hinged, Ice Bath. Gee, it's uh, like you say, that could be uh, that could be some race. Manzois won the derby, of course, down south. Uh, in the spring, Durston, the Caulfield Cup winner, set to come back as well. So, uh, yeah, the good good ones are coming back, uh, no doubt about it. G'day, pup. Morning, boys. How are you on a Tuesday? Morning to our listeners. Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Just watching a bit of this South African T20 on one of our TVs in here. Um, There's of, people there. Yeah. <laughs> are you surprised? Well, uh, <laughs> they, they do love their white ball cricket over there, don't they? Big tournament for them as well. Really their first opportunity to... Um, well, Graham Smith, who's running uh, cricket over there at the moment, made it very clear that this was as important as, as anything for South African cricket at the moment. They've been struggling, um, really, to, to grow the game over there. So this tournament brings a lot of the, the big overseas players and also promotes their local domestic cricket. So, yeah, it's great to see people turning up. Um, and it's no different to PSL in Pakistan, Um what's the the Caribbean League as well, 2020 over there. We've got BBL here in Australia. You've got IPL. So, yeah, they're everywhere now, Mido. Um, that's for sure. But, yeah, it's a big week for the Aussies over in India. Again, I, I, I read um, Chaps' quote, so I've heard Mark War's um, comments as well. I think a lot of us are a little unsure what Australia's going to do if Cameron Green can't bowl. I think that's the, you know, we know Stark's out. We're assuming Hazelwood's out. Um, if they're to go two quicks, well, I still think we're in a, a very good place with Scotty Boland and Pat Cummins. 
Um, do they go two spinners? Is Ashton Agar the second spinner? And then if they do that, I, I don't know how they... I don't know what they do with that number six because they haven't got another medium pace all-rounder over there. It's really, it was a real problem. I was thinking about oh, it last night. I was actually... Yeah. It just shows, just, the importance, just shows the importance of Cameron Green oh, in this Australian team. So important. What a luxury. For years, right. wanting an all-rounder. I know yeah. we had Shay Watson there for a period, but you know he moved all around the batting order, mm. couldn't bowl at periods as well. And yeah. now that we've got Cameron Green, we have a luxury. Well, legitimate all-rounder. He, he's a legitimate number six. You know, Watto at stages was, well, he was injured a fair bit, so he couldn't bowl. So then we had to try and find a spot in the team for him as a batsman. So we tried... Opening, we tried number four, we tried number six. I think the advantage Australia have now with Cameron Green is he's, he's a legitimate number six. He's batting, he's as good as he's bowling. Uh, he's bowling, you know, it's a third quick option, 140 Ks he can bowl. So if we had him, you go bowl and Cummins, Cameron Green at number six, then your two spinners, call it Nathan Lyon, Ashton Agar, I reckon that's a good attack for India. I think that's good enough. And then use your part-timers as well. But without him... I don't know how you go into the test with two quicks and two spinners. I, I, I agree. I, I think we've got to pick three quicks. I think I think we just need to be very mindful of what is our best way of trying to win a test match, not trying to do what India's best way of winning a test match is because we are a different team. We have different strengths. I know we need to look at conditions and make our decision based on that. There's no doubt about it. But I just think we've got to be really disciplined to whatever we go with. It's what's best for our team, not India's team. What do you think we should do, Loz? Papa would have a better idea than me. <laughs> yeah. um, well, as a fan, I think I want us to... I think I'd like I, to see two spinners. I want to see three quicks, I think. Yeah. I, well, I don't know enough about Lance Morris. Mm. Well, I know he'll be I a know point can, of difference, I, that's for well, sure. I, yeah, but it, there's no bounce. Yeah, well, it again, depend, well, depends what the pitch is like as well. First test, Nagpur. Yes. So generally, Nagpur is the pitch that does have a little bit more pace and carry. I've played okay. test matches there where the wicket's green. I remember 2004, that test match mm. was, was was a green top for India, but... Well, there's something in the... I like yeah, fast bowlers. Yeah. I, yeah. I like having a genuine You'd fast think bowler India in will team. take all the pace out. If India, if India prioritises this series like they have done in the past... Yeah. Conditions will be exactly what they want. If you look at how to beat Australia, you'd be saying, right here, let's take, take the quicks out of the occasion. Let's make it a turner. Even if we don't win the toss, we can still make a run, enough runs in the second inning, yeah. in the second, uh, in their first innings, of when, whether they bat first or bat second, and let's back ourselves to spin Australia out. That's what you'd be doing if you're India. Yeah. It's interesting that I heard last night with Josh Hazelwood. He's only played four of the last 15 test mm. matches. Mm. Yeah, he's been injured. That'd have to be a concern, wouldn't it? I mean, he's had two side strains and now an Achilles. You know the other thing about Josh? He's worked because he wasn't part of the T Twenty setup, Australia's T Twenty setup for a long period of time. He wanted to be a part of that team, so he went away and worked on his short form bowling. Yeah. One day cricket, twenty twenty cricket, got picked in the IPL and bowl. He was he was the bowler of the tournament yeah. in in the IPL. He's so he's a lot tw- more his twenty twenty cricket improved. So what that's meant. Is his test bowling has probably taken a hit, and even his, you know, his cricket over a two-year period has been majority short form, so he's not getting the overs or the workload in that you need for test cricket. Yeah. So now, any time he has to bowl, well, not any time, but yeah. when he has bowled for long periods of time, he's had back injury, side strain, and now he's done Achilles. And the other thing about it is he's giving Scott Boland 
an opportunity. Yeah. And every time Scott Boland's mm. been given an opportunity, he's taken wickets so and bowled well. Well, well this will be a new test for Scotty, though. Yes, being overseas. This, this, this is his first, first test overseas. This is his first test match yeah. overseas. He's in Indian conditions. Oh, look, I think Scotty Boland will still, he'll still do a good job. Yeah. Because, again, you look at the MCG, it's not an absolute belter he's bowling on. Oh, it's not an absolute green top he's bowling on. He's bowling on a flat wicket every day of his life. So he knows what to do. He's very accurate. He's got great work ethic. And the other thing for Scotty, his body, over a period of time, he's been prepping for first-class cricket and test cricket. Mm. So he's, he's test match ready. You know, that's the, even now you bring Hazelwood back in the second test match, mate, there's Achilles as well. There's a massive risk with that. Back-to-back test matches, test one, test two. You can't bring Stark and Hazelwood both back in. You don't know how they're going to go. Especially in India, you lose a toss, you're bowling for two days. Mate, you're under all sorts. Guys, Cameron Green, when does he come back in? Like, you can't work your way into a testament. That's why I, another reason I think a tour game now, the boys should be playing a tour game as we speak. Because if, if Cameron Green can't bowl in the tour game, he can't bowl in a test match. If Josh Hazelwood can't bowl in the tour game, he can't bowl in the test match. You can monitor them through the like. If Cameron Green bowls eight overs or ten overs in the tour game, I'm saying oh, that's enough for me. Awesome, we're picking him. He's ready, you know. But if he hasn't bowled a ball in a game, massive risk picking your team with players that you're unsure of in those conditions. Hot, long days in the field, and you're gonna. If everyone's fully fit, you're gonna get injuries. You're gonna get niggles. You spoke about Nagpur 2004, your first series. That mm. was the third test that we clinched the series. Yes. Uh, and yes. they've got a new ground now, I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm not sure how you know different the pitch makeup is. But I've read somewhere that I think Matthew Hayden in his uh, book said that the Indians were so furious about the greed nature of the wicket that Surav Ganguly and Harbhajan Singh actually pulled out of the test match. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, for... Injury and sickness reasons. Yeah, I remember that but, conversation uh, happening. Over Hayden there. talks about how furious they were when they inspected the wicket mm. in the days leading up. to Well, the it test was match. it was very different for again. I was a, I was a youngster over there, so I didn't. I'd been to India a few times, but I didn't know what to expect in regards to. I didn't think there was going to be that much fuss made of it. But um, yeah, there's no doubt there was a, there was surprise on both the Australians' faces and the Indian faces when we turned up and saw that wicket. We couldn't believe it. The Aussie boys were, especially our quicks, that have worked so hard in the first two test matches on absolute belters. Um, we were like, what's this? I've never seen it. It was like the boys had never seen it before. Like in Gabba. India. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were absolutely pumped by it. Mm. But, yeah, there was obviously, uh, on the other side of things, um, they were disappointed. So, uh, again, you, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. You've got a fair expectation around, you know, the wickets generally... If it's a good wicket in India, it's normally an absolute belter, a batsman's paradise, certainly in the first two or three days of the test match, and then natural deterioration. So then it does go a little bit up and down, spin, natural variation in regards to spin, inconsistency of spin. Um, But the other thing that India does, there's no pace in the pitch. So once the ball hits the pitch, it's not like the ball slows up. You know, we're in Australia, sometimes your ball kisses off the surface and goes through the same speed or something. It feels like as a batter, it can quicken up at a place like the Gabra or the Wacker. You bowl 140 Ks, as soon as it hits that pitch, it feels like it's 120. Mm. So that's why I think 
I'd speed through the play. air is important. Yeah, Morris, because of that, if it's going to be like that. Yeah, I think you just got to. Oh, it's hard not to see how you wouldn't be picking two spinners. That's what my mind would be saying. But if that was the case, on the tour, in the 18 man squad that they've taken, I would have taken, or I would have wanted at least one extra medium pace all rounder, like a Marcus Stoinis or a Mitchell Marsh. I know I think Mitch is fit, but I would have been looking at that as an option in case Cameron Green wasn't fit, if I'm thinking two spinners. Because well, my number yeah. six, you know, you either go on Glenn Maxwell as your number six and then you're not picking a second spinner, you're using him as a second spinner, or you go on someone like a Stoinis because you're getting medium pace overs to make up for the third fast bowler. If you're not going to pick two spinners, why take four if you're going to India? Yeah. So that to me that suggests that if they get an opportunity, they'll play two spinners. Yeah. And it's still very prominent in the papers. Front page of the Daily Telegraph today. All-Star Rumble, a sorry saga. Mitchell and White apologise for Canberra dust-up. And uh, it's on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald there as well. Embarrassed duo, sorry for harmless wrestling. And uh, on the back page of the Australian Apology fails to cool heat on star pair there. So Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten cleared to play in the All-Stars game in Rotorua this weekend, pending the outcome of their court hearings. Um, Now, the pair released a joint statement expressing remorse for putting themselves in the position to embarrass their clubs and the NRL. They understand their wrestle as harmless as they think it was, was a poor decision, but they're still great mates, Loz. Uh, They wanted to put that in their statement as well, but uh, cleared to play, which I think we're all pretty happy about that, especially considering the players that... uh, have been lost to the All-Stars game this weekend. They're such draw cards. And uh, I think down the track when uh, obviously they have their court hearings, maybe at that point uh, sanctions will be placed on them. Yeah, oh, look, I think they're just waiting for it to play out in court. I, th- I think they'll just see what the outcome there is and you know, they'll be fine, no doubt about it, for bringing the game into disrepute. Um, I think most people agree that it was that you know issue um, of, of wrestling, having a bit of fun, got out of control, um, didn't move on. Uh, police come, uh, they make the arrest, and these two blokes spend a bit of time in the cell on a Saturday night. So it's not a good look, uh, and both players are very, very remorseful about what happened. Um, but I'm assuming that the NRL integrity you know, unit will look at it and there'll be a fine and a possibility, possibly, of um, you know, missing a game. Uh, when you look at what other players have been suspended for. There's been um, some precedents. There's been some precedents, so that might uh, work against them. Uh, On the back page of the telly, uh, Dean Bulldog Richie exclusive, home sweet home is the headline there. Crow Lords returning South's legend Piggins. And a little good news story for the club. So uh, it's been uh, acrimonious at times, certainly, between South's legend George Piggins and particularly, well, the new entity of the club, under Russell Crowe and Peter Holmes Court, when they took over the club, uh, all existing life members had to apply for a membership under the new entity. And now George Biggins and his wife are going to do just that. So uh, that'll be uh, good to see George Biggins back at the club. I oh, can never South. forget what George has done for South Sydney. Um, he led the way, and without George Biggins, they wouldn't be in the competition at this point in time. He led them to reinstatement into the NRL. Uh, he and his wife, Nolene, have worked tirelessly. Um, obviously, they weren't happy when the Crow regime uh, took over, but I'm glad that a club legend like George Piggin, who the uh, best player of the year is named after, George Piggin's medal, 
Um, uh, he's been there to hand that out the last couple of years. He's been in and around the club. He turns up for training, and uh, it's good to see George being welcomed back into the fold and um, you know, wanting to be back in the fold as well. This story on the back page of the Herald's really had some traction in the last week or so. I think it was uh, the AFL's media department were doing a bit of a documentary on the Giants preseason, and uh, one of their draftees, a rookie, Jason Gilby, who's from Bow Reynolds, which is also oh gee, that's Bow Reynolds way over towards Mildura, isn't it? Was. Oh yeah, it's in the Riverina, oh, but way out yeah. west, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he's from down there, and uh, <laughs> so about three years ago, uh, Gilby, he's eighteen years of age. He essentially ditched drinking water for milk, pup. So he, he does at training. He has water at training, but outside of that, doesn't really drink water. He Good just... teeth. Fine calcium. <laughs> Great teeth. Good bones. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Jeez. Uh, well, I remember having a conversation with Rod Marsh about a similar thing when they went to Pakistan. They never drank water either. Never drank water the entire tour, Rod Marsh. Right. Well. Pineapple juice out of the can <laughs> or Foster's <laughs> was his go-to. Yeah. That's all he drank. They would not put the water in their mouth. Yeah, you brush your teeth with bottled drink water. Tap worth, uh, no. water, would you? Certainly wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not. Sh- well, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure he's getting some water in for hydration. Surely. Well, he is at training. He says at training he drinks water, but yeah. outside of that, yeah, he's, he's two put, to two and a half liters he, a day of milk. Yeah, and what he probably means is he doesn't like the taste of plain water, like a lot mm. of us. So then you go to something like hydrolyte. You put hydrolyte sachets in your water. Like we used cordial. to, yeah, whatever it was. Like Beautiful. As a kid, I never drank plain water. I'd only have cordial or some sort of juice. And then you drink so much water through your, you know, because you're so dehydrated that you get you don't want to drink it when you're not training or playing. So, mate, they drink the Powerades, the Gatorades, the hydrolyte, the whatever it is. So, yeah, I think whatever, headline. Cold hero already. Hasn't yeah. played a game yet. Like so. Sid, remember Peter Siddle had this banana phase? Oh, yeah. It's, it was like he didn't eat any – Everybody. the headline was Siddle doesn't eat anything apart from bananas. Well, during a game, he would eat – I think it was like 18 bananas a day. He would go through. He'd bring a box of bananas every single day to the cricket. So we, it just got exaggerated that he was just banana eating only. Well, that wasn't the case. He's just during the game, he wanted extra potassium. He felt that was good for his body. So he went on this – but banana phase, but he would still go home and eat dinner or he'd still eat breakfast in the morning. That's you know? how the great Spud Carroll got his nickname. Yeah. Spud. Yeah, there you go. Because he used to eat potatoes mm. before a game. Like he'd have, I think it was something like about, I might be exaggerating here, but 10 or 12. Mm. For breakfast. Like just, or whatever. He, he just used that as his carb. Yeah. Well, Warney baked beans. Potato. Everyone was like, Warney took canned baked beans everywhere he went. Well, no, that's not what happened. On one tour to India... He was sponsored by Heinz, and they sent some baked beans and spaghetti in the can over to him. But everyone thinks every time Warney went on tour, mm. he wouldn't take his bat, gloves, and shoes. He'd just take tin baked beans. Well, great headline. Loz, knowing how, listening to you talk about how you know sort of regimented you were before a game, you would have had a pre-match meal the night before, I bet, surely. No. You didn't? No, not really. Uh, well, I remember we used to come to Sydney and we used yeah. to always go to oh, one of those uh, pubs and they had the the uh, 
No names, restaurants. That's what they oh. were. No, oh, no. The big oh, schnitzel oh. So you'd have the schnitzel and the spag on oh, top. So yeah, if you're playing away from home, you'd have the, oh. the schnitzel and spag bowl at a no names, a glebe. And then, because we used to stay at the Camper Down Travel Lodge. Mm. And then um, if I was just at home, whatever was available yeah. to, to eat, whether you cooked up a steak or whether you tried to have some pasta or a bit of chicken. Something to fill pizza, you up. Pizza, something. You've got to go and but find But the day of the game, I'd always... I'd have my wheat bix and hmm. a couple of pieces of toast, go for a bit of a walk, a stretch. I was very routined on the day of the game, but the night before, not so much. We've got to go and find that schnitzel pasta combo, Clark. Oh, you know, no, no, no. They still have no names. My cousin used to tell me all the time, Matt. It was it, oh. unbelievable. Mm. And it is, like, you couldn't walk out. You're oh. so full. You could not walk the out. Crusty bread how first. Good. Oh. How good schnitzel. The best. And, and do you know that they only put the cheese slices on top of the schnitzel, but something oh, about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. How good it tastes. The best. Oh.